Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast all about the MCU, Marvel movies, Marvel TV shows, specifically Marvel TV shows, because we're going to be talking about the second episode ever of WandaVision, which just dropped yeah. on Disney+. Plus. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And very exciting. Lots of stuff, again, to talk about. Requisite spoiler warning up front. We're not going to recap every moment of the episode. We're definitely going to get into it. We're going to get into predictions. We're going to get into Easter eggs. We're going to talk about some of our favorite moments in the episode. But before we do, I think the big thing that we need to talk about, because two episodes dropped on Disney Plus today. Uh, From now on out, it's going to be one episode a week. But a lot of discussion in our first episode was focused on... How does that episode hold up by its own? How does it pair with the second one? Now that we've seen the second one, in particular, I'm curious to go to Pete, who was panicked, I think, about the first one. I think. Yeah, like, like he was yeah. A, sc- a screaming lunatic, I think we yes. could say. His uh, hair was literally on fire. He couldn't deal, had to take a nap, and then woke I up, and here we are. just fell down we, in the middle of the podcast. Yeah. If you Crying. listen to the podcast, there's a I half hour of blank space I where w- Pete was unconscious. I was just worried. We had to get smelling salted. Put him under his little nose. (laughs) That barely works over Zoom. It was like an old-timey cowboy story. Wake up, Pete. It's time to talk about Marvel Vision. (laughs) Finally, put a pie on the windowsill, and he just uh, floated right up. That was the thing that worked. Pie or uh, different cheeseburgers will work. Uh Big old bucket of water in the face. And he was like, (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about Wanda. Uh, how are yeah. you feeling after this one, Pete? After a lot two? better. I'm feeling okay. a lot better. And I think that's obviously why they dropped two in the beginning, because that first one is rough and the second one okay. is a lot uh, more digestible, not as stressful, um, even though there are kind of uh, things happening for sure. It's just dealt with in a, in a way that uh, was a little bit easier on my heart and mind. Well, uh, but I would like to point out something I did notice right at the beginning um, we're getting that famous Mar- Marvel logo mm-hmm. showing all the action and oh you know these you know what's up oh you remember this when this happened oh yeah and this show is none of that you know so it is a little bit jarring for somebody mm-hmm. who just knows the maybe movies and TV stuff to come in and just be like where is the Wanda that I know and love but frankly mm-hmm. I think that's exciting I think it's exciting that this is so different and able to still be super interesting um unique while also being under the same banner and because i think what that banner does at the top of the episode is it gives you that promise that like hey trust us we nailed all of these projects so (laughs) have a little confidence that we're going to get there with this one you're going to get to see calm down a little bit and we'll get back to this exactly like a little eventually it'll get back to this like a little sedative to put it put you at ease a couple of things not to harp too much on the first three seconds of the episode too much but i did want to talk about it here because i forgot to mention this in the previous podcast i got so 
I don't know. Excited isn't the right word. Relieved actually might be closer when the Marvel Studios fanfare came up at the beginning of the episode, because it has been so long since anything Marvel. We've gotten used to this cadence of two, three movies a year, things coming out regularly. It's been almost a solid year since we've seen anything. So to see something else coming up new, it felt good. I got so hyped, I took a bucket of water and put it on my face. I was like, <laughs> I baked the whole pie and put it out of the windowsill. Hour later, it was gone. I took some smelly <laughs> salts and poured it right in my mouth because I was like, what am I doing with this stuff? I'm so excited. The other thing, though, and these are two little caveats, and I love this episode. I thought this was a fantastic yes. episode. But two things that I thought were not bad choices, but weird choices. Uh, one, I Whoa. loved it. Well, I'll still talking about the logo here. I loved in the first episode how it changed into sort of a classic TV logo. Yes. I was expecting that again this episode, and that didn't really happen, which was strange. The other thing is the previously on is a weird choice here in terms of how they execute it, because it doesn't feel stylistically consistent with the rest of the episode. I think it's probably so going to become much more important as we go on in this series, which is why they set it up here. But right now, it's like I don't, I don't need to remember most of this. <laughs> well, here's yeah, here's what I think. I think you do need to remember most of it, and I also think it was sort of recreating the tone because they mm-hmm. they don't want to have to keep sort of slow walking us into the tone of the show every episode. And I think to both of your points, like the logo changed into the black and white television intro in the first episode, and this episode, it's almost like. Reminding us what's up, giving us a little sense of the tension, dread, and uh, classic look of everything. And then it's almost like a hard transition into this, uh, into the new episode. And I think that no. serves a dual purpose in that we, uh, we saw it's a different sitcom this time. So it's mm-hmm. almost like the characters are also changing channels, changing um, eras a little bit into this new episode. And I think that's important. I, I disagree, Justin. I think what Alex is saying is right. Somebody dropped the ball and someone needs to be fired because it was a sweet transition, really helped us. The second one, they left us high and dry. I was like, what the fuck's going on? You need to kind of give us the, you know, because it goes in this fun animated thing, maybe do a little bit of that with the logo. You know, we're really I love the idea this that Kevin fun. Feige didn't watch This Is All until he's like Friday morning, Disney Plus. Wakes up yeah. nice and early, gets himself a cup of coffee, is about to sip it, sees the intro, is like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah spits it on his brand Somebody's new computer. Somebody's getting fired. What the? And he's like, give me, give me Tanya on the phone. She's fired. <laughs> uh, well, because I, the two camps here, just to be clear, is me yeah. saying, pat on the back, that was a cool choice, and Pete saying, someone's head has to roll for this <laughs> obvious mistake. <laughs> so I, you be the I, judge, I, listener. Alex said it first. Yeah, was it was just, definitely oh, me point. first, and Pete was just backing me up. And agreeing That's right. I'm just supporting, I'm supporting this choice. Uh, great. I think we've pretty much covered everything in the episode. Yes. <laughs> we've covered no, not a second it. of dialogue. So. Uh, let, uh, I'm going to give like, a broad strokes about the plot we did this last time. Oh, you want to move forward? Okay. Uh, I have more uh, things to say, but okay. Hold on, hold on. We can get back to the logo for our middle chunk of the podcast where we do logo revisited. Yeah, logo, go, go, our favorite (laughs) section. Here we go. Let's go back and talk about the logo. Like the first episode, this is a very typical sitcom plot, and I think I was a little too dismissive about the first episode being a premise pilot. Because what's really driven home here is the idea of this show is twofold. Obviously, what's ever going on outside in the world, whatever's happening with Scarlet Witch and Vision in the quote-unquote real world. But the premise of the show is they move to a small town and they're trying to hide their magic powers, which is a very classic sitcom premise. And I got that in the first episode, but I think that's driven home in a really good way 
thematically in a modern thematic way as well in this episode, which I thought was really cool. So we get um, mostly they're trying to prepare for the town talent show. Uh, at the same time, they're hearing some weird noises outside. So Vision joins uh, the community watch program. Uh, Neighborhood watch. Gets accidentally drunk on some gum, which uh, gum very up. classic sitcom premise for a robot, I guess. Uh, and they go to the talent show, think they're messing it up because they're showing off their magic powers, but turns out they actually win the talent show. And so that's the sitcom of the show. Uh, the other thing that I thought was really fascinating stylistically, because you can compare this to the previous episode, is the performances, because mm-hmm. they've evolved as well. Uh, Scarlet Witch is now more sarcastic 60s. Uh, everything's a little looser. It's a little sexier. Uh, we see more different uh, races in here as well, which is something yep. that you wouldn't necessarily see nice. in the 50s. Um, so I thought it was neat to see that evolving take on the sitcom in episode two. Well, I think that all of this, there's just so much in every choice in this show. Um, and uh, to your point about, yes, there is just a slow, natural progression from the 50s to the 60s, uh, typified, I think, by at the beginning, we see the beds separate. And then in that mm-hmm. opening sequence, the beds get pushed together, which is a uh, big, was a big landmark um, choice. And I think I Love Lucy. Um, and it was a, a legit controversy back in the day when they pushed the beds together. Um, which is crazy to think that back in the day, it's not like people in the 50s slept in separate beds. Mm-hmm. Everyone always slept in one bed. It's just on television, they couldn't insinuate that people might touch each other at night. So they slept in two child beds. Uh, I, I would like to point out something that Delvin said, though, is that, you know, it's very hurtful. I felt like the lady in the horse costume in this episode because, like, I've been to talent shows and worked really hard and not only my outfit, but my routine, gotten it all down. And then someone shows up, stumbles through it. Everybody loves them and they win. And it is fucking heartbreaking to sit there holding your horse head in your hand, uh, you know, just emotionally drained from what you've put in for months and months of time. And somebody just stumbles their way through and just dist- uh, kills it. Pete, imagine how I feel as the horse ass standing right behind you, <laughs> being the butt, still coming in second place in over a hundred talent shows that we've entered. We, this is, I just want to give horse. a little bit of clarity to what we're talking about here. Uh, back when we were allowed to meet in person, uh, Justin, Pete, and I used to do our horse centipede act. Uh, there was a lot oh, of... <laughs> don't make this creepy, you asshole. Yeah, Pete, Pete, Pete was, was the head. <laughs> I was the middle. I like uh, the idea that this horse centipede act with three people is one head <laughs> and two butts. And you and I were butts, and Pete was the head. No uh, second head. What were we talking about? Wanda well, here, I right. have a point to make. Yes. You you made a, you made said that the premise of the show is about them hiding their magic powers. And I think that is sort of um, one of the central tensions of the show because they're not hiding their identities. Their identities mm-hmm. are, they're called Vision, um, they're called Scarlet Witch. Like, it's a whole, that's real. But they have to hide the instances of their superpowers when they're using them. And I think that points to a lot of facts that we have yet to uncover on this show in that... Um, they are in control of this environment. And the only reason they can't use their magic powers is because it breaks the sitcom format, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They can't be super and Again, this then- is something that doesn't make sense to us, but because you are a line producer and <laughs> not, have worked in television for so producer. many years, this is your kind of like second cunning. Like you understand how sitcoms work. Well, and actually, I, let's and take a step back there. As a line producer, so what is that? You make sure that everything line. lines up properly? Yes. Is that exactly? Well, no, it's job. lined in frame. It's like oh, okay. a, producing everything that's mm-hmm. in frame. I think that's how it works. Yeah, or I make are you sure. a lion producer? 
Yeah, I mostly get make sure that the lions have um, the right amount of meat so no one gets... Um, and that's the lion that roars at the beginning before yeah. the movie starts? Shout out that... to Siegfried, who died um, oh, this week. Oh, God. Oh, that's <laughs> rough, man. Totally oh, bad. why would you do that? Uh, let's talk... Uh, we're going wild today already. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about some specific things in the episode okay. that jump out to you. Plot points you liked, uh, moments that you oh. thought were interesting or fun. Um, without getting too much into speculation, let's talk just... Raw about the episode, uh, what were it's sequences you're into? Like the stage. Uh, well, I mean, I'll mention like I I thought the animated sequences, both in the title sequence and Envision Stubbick, were very fun and perfectly done. Now, to me, that said Jetsons. How about you guys? What was your feeling on the animated? Bewitched. Yeah, Bewitched. Ooh, okay. Bewitched, okay. I think, is the main touchstone, and I love Lucy with some of the stuff. So they're moving forward in time through sitcoms. Um, one other observation there about the the opening credit bit, the animated thing. They're the only two characters introduced, despite the mm-hmm. fact that we there are a ton of other recurring characters here. Um, we talked about uh, Deborah Jo Rupp from last episode, the ultimate sitcom mom. Dottie's in this one. Uh, we see, yeah, Dottie. We see, um, well, she's new in this episode, I think, but we do see yep. the mustachioed guy and all the other supporting characters. But we're only introduced in the title sequence to Wanda and Vision, making me think that they're the only real people and everyone else is a construct mm. of some sort. Interesting. Uh, uh, I mean, that's definitely getting into Agnes isn't real? Uh, well, okay, let's let's talk about Agnes. Catherine Hahn continues to be great this episode. So yes. funny. Oh, how do love, people do this sober? Oh, what a line. I love that she gets to move forward through the decades. Now she is the boozy housewife, the one that's constantly getting drunk and wasted. Very, like, classic sitcom trope there. Her delivery on the lines are good. I love her exchange with Dennis the Mailman, where she's oh, looking my back God, yeah. and shooting She looks back, checks him out. out. Oh. Very funny. Uh, the line about... <laughs> Uh, her uh, husband Ralph being the assistant and making him disappear <laughs> also very funny and all the stuff with Senor Scratch the buddy was oh, very yeah, funny as well um, to get into like the theorizing part about it I think there are a couple of interesting things here uh, this potential spoilers I guess we talked about this in the first episode but a lot of focus was on maybe her being some variation on the character Agatha Harkness from mm-hmm. the comic books we get a couple of clues here um, maybe I'm looking into it too much, but uh, Senor be. Scratch uh, in the comic books, uh, Agatha Harkness's son is Nick Scratch, not the character on Sabrina. Whoa! Don't nobody freak out. Oh! We don't nobody have a bad boy alert here or anything. Oh, that we're, was very close. we're very close to a bad boy. I was yes. about to hit the light. Uh, but her son is named Nick Scratch. And uh, I look this up. She has a husband that we never see. We never find out who Nick Scratch is. Uh, father is so that seems to be at least Dave scratch yeah they're not they're playing with that here i think the other thing which is a way bigger clue is over the animated opening credits as we see wanda in the supermarket there's two sides in the background one of them is for i believe uh auntie a's cereal so mm-hmm. aunt agatha's cereal uh and there's something about like it being magically delicious or whatever it's not exactly that but then the other well, one is charms. bova brand milk and again this is getting into the comics but agatha harkness at least for for a little while, lives in this town that I'm blanking on the name of. I'm sorry, I'm a bad comic book fan. Are you talking about Wondergore Mountain? Yes, Wondergore Mountain, which is run by the High Evolutionary, and there's a bunch of animal people there, including Bova, a cow woman who also helps take care of Pietro and Wanda, and I believe their kids later on as well. Yeah. So, wow. whether it turns Deep out to be that, that or not, there's definitely like they're tipping the hand, and this gets into a bigger thing. I know I'm monologuing at this point, but this is the big thing that I took away from the episode. Go on, uh, King. That I really. <laughs> 
<laughs> liked about this. Uh, what I was mentioning earlier that it worked thematically in terms of modern context as well is the whole point of the episode is they're doing this magic act where uh, Wanda is saying, no, you got to show them. You got to show them what the magic is. You got to show them that it's not real and what's really happening. And that's exactly what we get this episode. They're not playing coy about it. They, you know, we don't know what's happening, but we know this isn't real. We know there's a problem. We know there's an outside world. And we know eventually it's going to be, have to be solved in some way. Uh, and I think that was a subtle way of weaving that in the episode, making it work for a 60s sitcom present premise, but also making it work for a modern TV show. Yeah, it's it's so smart. Um, on the Agnes tip, I feel like she's she in the first episode and in this episode, it felt, felt it feels like she's sort of keeping the fantasy alive. Mm-hmm. She's aiding and, and almost teaching Scarlet Witch on how to live, keep the sitcom trope going, um, and to live within it so that she can be happy with Vision. And on the other side of that, Vision keeps pressing against the reality. He keeps mm-hmm. yeah. logic keeps trying to overwrite, and then the sitcom world keeps gumming him up or somehow reshifting him back into the sitcom thing. And I think that may be the essential tension and what each character is sort of going through in this series. I mean, a couple of things that point to that, I think, pretty clearly. Uh, one, uh, Vision is dead. So <laughs> something is yeah. going on there where he, I imagine if he suddenly realized that he died, he'd just, you know, poof into a puff of smoke or something like that. But on the Agnes side of things, uh, I think it's her first line of the episode is she walks up to Wanda and says, there she is, the star of the show, which is like, "Eh, she knows what's going on. Like, she's aware. If nobody else is aware, at least Agnes is aware. I I think you're right. And there's also a line that I think Wanda has, this is our home now, Mm -hmm. which I think also enforces like, I'm keeping going to keep this going for as long as I can so that we can be happy. I love Elizabeth Olsen's performance in this episode in particular. She goes through so many different ranges and we got a sense of this in the scene of the last episode where the stop it, stop it scene where she broke a little bit and we saw real Wanda, not sitcom Wanda here. She gets to play that throughout and it's still very unclear to me. I still kind of not 100%, but pretty firmly stand by the idea that she's the one keeping this going. Like she, she might not be the villain of the show necessarily, but she definitely doesn't want to leave the sitcom world as strongly as maybe she should. And you get that through the performance, particularly at the scene at the end towards the, in the gazebo where she wants to tell vision something weird is happening. And there's clearly a level of her that realizes this is wrong, but she doesn't want to change it. Yeah, I agree. The performance is so strong. You can see her up, there's a subtle panic all the time and sort of a wide-eyed like sadness I think that is permeating this and this is like a sort of speculation for later on but um I think they're living their moments the moments of a life very quickly last episode they got married this episode at the end um there's the reveal that she's pregnant I think my theory from last time is that these are like this may be like the very moments when Vision's dying or like if this is all happening in a split second, then she's trying to live out the life that she wished she could have had with Vision as fast as possible. Well, I think... Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, we're talking a lot about uh, Wanda, uh, you know, her, her acting, but man, Vision in this, the way Vision was like drunk and like talking to the audience was really hilarious. Like your dumb little faces, he says at one point, I'm feeling pukey. Like he had so many great lines. Uh, I know it was like sitcom fun, but like the fact that he is 
Paul Rooney is playing a robot and then someone who is a robot that's kind of drunk. It's just really fun to kind of see all this happening at once. It's really impressive. He's great. I know I was uh, in the tag for him in the last episode, but seeing his drunk dad routine, this episode was really fun. Just his stammering Brit, Uh, just really funny. And I even like the line at the end after he takes out the gum. He's like, I'm not that funny without this. And then throwing it behind him. Just a fun little moment in the middle of all this weirdness, particularly at that point, um, I thought was really good. Uh, I did want to. Also, I just wanted to say, like, as far as really great performances, Mustache uh, Man killed it when, like, she turns that he was like, "That was my grandmother's piano." (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Yeah. Well, those things uh, we talked about the computational (laughs) systems thing from the last episode, which works for the weirdness of the world, but also works as a very typical sitcom joke. I love those things in that way. Also the line about, wait, is that how mirrors work? Which are exactly what people would say in sitcoms like that as magic is happening around them. But also these are clearly real people or maybe pretend people who are trapped in something who are trying to figure it out as well. Um, Well, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, speaking of real people, there was a moment at Dottie's kind of thing where we kind of got introduced to a new character who also she seemed like she wasn't aware mm-hmm. of what's going on or how she got there or even her name when she's introduced to Wanda. Yeah, she so breaks the I'm kind, It seems like that maybe this character is also having kind of a Wanda experience where she's kind of trapped in there as well. Yeah. So it might not all be like Wanda's doing. It might be like this could be a place where they've trapped people, different heroes. I think I have a theory about that that I want to get to in a second, but that's uh, Tayona Paris. Uh, She people might know her from Mad Men, which I think she was chatteling probably at least a little bit here. I Um, loved that. I love her as a guest star. Yeah, she's really good. Um, Here, I'll throw out a theory, and this is based on kind of knowing a little bit about who she is and what she's playing. So really... Oh, I thought it was based on the fact that, you you know, you've watched ahead or... No, 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 it's not. I mean, they've they've revealed casting for other movies and things that we talked about at the previous episode. Again, this is probably a spoiler, so if you don't want to know, turn away. But uh, she is Monica Rambeau. She's the grown-up Monica Rambeau. Uh, She comes from the comics. She's going to show up in Captain Marvel 2. I think there's a connection between the red helicopter that drops that has the sword symbol on it again and her showing up. My theory is that that helicopter brought her in somehow, got enveloped in the sitcom world, and she is trying to figure out what's going on with Scarlet Witch and Vision in a very direct way versus the voices outside who we hear this episode saying, uh, Wanda, who's doing this to you? Um, she's in there and really trying to free them because a lot of her dialogue seems to be kind of nudging them a little bit to be yeah. like, hey, that's a weird thing, right? Oh, that's weird. Do yeah. you remember this thing? And kind of tickling them a little bit. I don't know if you guys have the same. Yeah, but also so. the. The helicopter was Iron Man colors. Mm, that's was... true. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I uh, think that's more, it's also vision colors, right? Because you got the vision red and yellow and everything else. Um, and I, uh, and that makes me think that maybe that the Scarlet Witch has uh, created some sort of pocket dimension that she mm-hmm. was able to penetrate. Maybe it's oh, like a, a little dimension. bubble or something. And any, mm. anything that goes into it becomes part of the, the fantasy. While we're just going wild on uh, speculation and spoilers, I do want to talk about two other things of the episode that I thought were interesting. One of them is pretty obvious, but uh, 
when you're talking about thematic stuff, the benefit from the talent show is for the children. And they keep saying this is all for the children, children. which again, in terms of like thematically tipping their head and saying, we're going to tell you what this show is actually about. It's clear when Wanda is pregnant by the end, whoever is doing this, whatever is happening here, it is all about these kids who of course are very important to the comics. And we know that, but that seems to be the plot of the show as well. And as people have kids, like, that's how it worked, right? You guys just started talking about kids, and then kids showed up, right? I mean, technically, yes. There's one other step in there that I don't want to tell you about, Pete. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, right. That's for our real spoiler podcast. Yeah, real. we do a podcast where we talk about real, real life, life spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I wanted to throw out to you guys, and I don't know, I'm very iffy on this theory, but uh, I do think there's some evidence for this. Um, in terms of who is behind this, we have that very terrifying moment at the end when they go outside to the street and they see a guy come up through the street through the, the battle. Beekeeper. The beekeeper. Yeah. Very. And what's interesting about this, guys, and I don't know if you know this at all, but bees don't usually live in the sewers. So the fact that a beekeeper came out of the sewers, mm-hmm. it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, what about the famous cartoon and comic book, Teenage Mutant Ninja Bees? <laughs> They live in the nope. bees, teenage nope. bees, bees heroes who make honey. <laughs> Confusing. Heroes who, heroes who make money or make honey. Oh, make honey. No, that's much better. Thank you. Uh, the thing that I wanted to mention about the beekeeper, this is my theory that I'm kind of iffy about, is based on that and one other thing that I'll mention in a second, what if AIM is behind this? AIM is an organization oh, for the comics. Oh. They're scientists who regularly muck with everybody. They there are constantly jokes about their uniforms and how they're wearing these beekeeper helmets. The other additional thing that I'll throw in there, there this design was at the end of the first episode as well before they cut to the TV. And then at the again here, Wanda and Vision are trapped in this hexagon, which is a honeycomb design. So there's something there that I think indicates to take it wildly far afield, also adding in the commercial with Strucker and knowing yeah. Wanda and Vision and uh, Pietro's history with Hydra, there could be something. We know Hydra is dead in the MCU. We know S.H.I.E.L.D. is dead. What if it is these two offshoots? AIM has somehow captured them, a science uh, offshoot of Hydra. And S.W.O.R.D. is this offshoot of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's dealing with interdimensional incursions or something. And they're basically battling for Scarlet Witch and Vision. That's what I was thinking. And so the, the influence is coming from both sides. We have mm-hmm. um, Monica Rambeau coming in to try to pull them back on the heroic side. I think that's what the radio is, probably a good guy voice. And I think the the Hydra AIM influence is what's for trying to get the children. They want mm-hmm. a creation out of this using their powers that they can control. Because when I saw the beekeeper, I thought like, oh, maybe like this world that she's creating is like sucking real people in. But when the beekeeper turned and looked angrily, uh, it seemed like it was some tude on there. And I thought, OK, this isn't just a regular person kind of trapped in here. And for this those is, of you, well, it might also you know, be that the tude, bees tude are tude an is illusion. A, tude like, is a comic oh. book shortening of the word attitude. Yes. Oh, thank you for specifying. Appreciate that, Justin. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible that he might have been changed by this reality bubble or something like that. So he might not look like that at all. We might be just piecing together things that don't don't actually piece together. Uh, but it's definitely a weird moment and worth mentioning. Um, 
two other things that I wanted to mention. Uh, one of them, Emma Caulfield, uh, Anya from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, plays Dottie, which I thought was a fun little bit of casting, and I think she nailed that perfectly. Uh, and the second thing, this is more of like an advanced thing that I do not think is going to happen here, but I only mention this because this news just recently came out with the MCU, uh, not confirmed by Disney, but uh, apparently uh, Chris Evans might become back for something as Steve Rogers. They've also indicated that there's some sort of cameo that we're not expecting. Is there any possibility that we could see like Steve Rogers or one of the Avengers or somebody like that pop up in this fantasy world towards the well, end? Well, the thing was like after the radio, she, uh, you know, Wanda was like, that is strange. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, I wonder if that was like Dr. Strange on the radio or something. Just cause the way she said that was trying to I think, draw a little attention to it. I, this is a total stray observation as well, but I did think the boss from last episode had Dr. Strange facial hair. Mm. Um, so I thought, I agree with you. Dr. Strange is an, uh, a likely candidate of someone trying to get in there and influence this. Uh, before we start to wrap up here, there's obviously a lot more that we could talk about in the episode, but mm-hmm. any other moments that jumped out to you that you wanted to mention? Uh, well, obviously the helicopter coming in, um, very, very Pleasantville, if you remember mm-hmm. that movie, I thought. And um, that informs, I think, the moment at the end when they go into full color. Which I think if if our theory that um, that Scarlet Witch is the person who's guiding this and trying to keep them in the sitcom world, why would they then go to color? Um, and my thought was that it's it is the influence seeing that helicopter in same as the movie Pleasantville. Scarlet Witch then has to make that make sense, so she mm. pushes the whole world into color. Um, yeah, I thought it was almost like a protective move, like after seeing the creepy beekeeper, then rewinding it and kind of being like, no, uh, she kind of like the bubble got stronger, like she colored it and mm. tried to like kind of almost like turn it up a little bit. Cause I, of, like, I like that idea of the bubble getting stronger. I think that's an interesting one. Uh, I think also just on a logistical level, it's something that lets us again you know, pull back the curtain a little bit on the whole magic trick they're doing with the show versus between episode one and episode two, where it just went from fifties to sixties. Now we see it go from sixties to seventies, presumably here at the end of the episode. Some things that you, you had mentioned that I wanted to kind of talk about what was interesting about this commercial parody that is run in both episodes. It's the same two people Mm -hmm. uh, in them, uh, which adds a nice creepy factor. uh, And this uh, Strucker will make time for you. Like that was a crazy message as it was showing that watch. Yeah. I mean, Strucker is dead and there was some Strucker stuff that I'm only vaguely remembering from agents of shield that I do not think they're going to refer to at all, but it is possible that we might get some sort of Strucker jr. Or Strucker the third leading up an aim or a Hydra or something like that is behind this potentially. Yeah, I um, think. Also, I did want to talk about when uh, Vision went to the kind of neighborhood watch, the fact that like their top secret stuff was gossip was really funny. And that whole like thing of like norms of communists and everybody falls out. Yeah. That was uh, uh, really just kind of fun to see Vision trying to fit in mm-hmm. and the choices that like the robot would make uh, was really, oh, I don't eat food, you know, like just fun. That was super like, the mastication joke, which I thought was like sort of sitcom format breaking for that era, but like yeah, super yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 
All good stuff. Oh, you wanted to mention something else, Justin? Yes. Uh, talking about the commercials makes me think another random theory. What if the commercials are sort of, um, if this is a, a Scarlet Witch constructed u- little pocket universe or whatever bubble, um, maybe those are that's what she's putting out. She's blaming Strucker or blaming mm. like that's the sort of outward signal she's giving back to people. Like this isn't me doing this. They this is go chase these villains like w- red herrings for the uh, whoever's coming after them to go deal with. I do get worried about those two folks in the commercials because they seem very separate from everybody else. You know, at least everybody else gets to interact in this real world. Uh, It's clear whether they're real or not, like Dottie breaking at that point and saying, who are you? What's going on? There seems to be uh, an understanding of at least we are here with each other trapped in this thing. Wherever those commercial people are, they're all on their own. I'm, yeah. I'm very scared. It also seems like after like an incident, the person, it's almost like a men in black mind wipe. They're always like, oh, hey, okay, now I'm back to normal. So, oh, uh, Alex, do you feel that way when you see regular commercials? Where you're like, oh, God, I, those I'm poor terrified. people. Yeah, when I know Matthew McConaughey's it. driving that car somewhere all by himself. Oh, so scary. I'm yeah. scared for him. I hope he's all right, all right, all right. Uh, good. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm really no. sorry. Come Never on. apologize for a <laughs> strong, no. make strong him Make him apologize. Fuck that. Uh, uh, before we wrap up here, oh, you uh, have two, two more two things. things. Two small okay. things. Okay. Um, All right. I love when Wanda reveals that she's pregnant at the end and says, is this really happening? Mm-hmm. I really like that because it feels like she's giving away the game a little bit to vision. She's like, I want this to be happening. Mm-hmm. You want this to be happening ostensibly. Let's agree that this is happening now so that we can enjoy it. Uh, I thought that was a real nice, subtle explanation moment. And, uh, well, we touched on this earlier in the podcast, but I think that also raises a lot of questions about what's going on with Vision because he died. You know, and the fact that he yeah. is assuring Stop her. Stop saying that. You're well, he really did. breaking my heart. But the You're fact like, that well, he's saying. Live in this little bubble that Wanda created. It is, and trust me, it is hard to have a baby with a corpse. It is like very, very hard. So Alex is trying. I'm proud, trust I'm proud Why did you say trust I'm proud you? Of Why them. did you say that? Just take, the main takeaway is that I'm proud of them. Uh, oh my god! I, what I think Alex means is, in the same way that your phone dies, that's the way the vision died. <laughs> so, do you have a little funeral every time your phone dies, Pete, or do you just recharge yes. it and move on? No, I you have do? a little funeral yeah. every time. Yeah, crying, my phone's dead. Help! Yeah, Help. yeah. I have to have some people say some nice things. You know, it's and meanwhile, drop some roses on top. All right, petals. We, when you. Alex's phone dies, he tries to make a baby with it. Uh, last, <laughs> yeah. last observation. Only Last observation. Um, I, All you one. Sort of overarchingly, um, the way that this um, the show is moving forward in time through television, but in the same way, in reality, television became more and more of a, a, a way of became more and more real in the way that it showed reality mm-hmm. in the fifties, like. It was super fake. People weren't allowed to sleep in the same beds. All that, and then the, it slowly became. Now TV today is like that you can do anything you want. It's the same as reality. And I think that's a nice parallel that they're using to show as the series moves forward, everything's going to become more and more closer to reality, the reality for Vision and Scarlet Witch. Now, uh, Justin, I hate to be the one to tell you this. I feel like you should know better, but you can't do anything in television. It's really, it's run by ratings and views. So you can't just show a flower pot and then have someone shit on it and be like, oh, this well, is my time. Not to disagree with you, Pete. You've been backing uh, me up a lot this episode. But if you ever watch the classic show, you can't do that on television. They did a <laughs> lot on television. 
And it was, oh, yeah, right. yeah, that's the real twist there is it was already on television. Mm-hmm. And I will uh, say that my uh, my sitcom that I've been pitching featuring mm-hmm. a flower pot getting shit on over and over <laughs> is going well. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Congratulations. That's great. Uh, before we wrap up here, here's here's what we're going to try as a wrap up for the show. What is on your vision board? Ooh. What are you predicting? What? what are you expecting? What do you want to see in the next week's episode? Justin, you want to take that one first? Uh, sure. So we're moving into, I guess, late '60s, '70s television. Are we? Is that going to be like sort of a, a TJ Hooker? Like we're getting into some more action stuff, which that yeah. seems very exciting to me. Um, and I think in the trailer we've seen definitely some more action. Um, I'm excited about that. Um, and I, the Kath, the evolution of Catherine Hahn's character, um, I'm very, she almost feels like she's. Well, how many people are you taking here? It's supposed to be one. He said predictions. Person. It's my yeah, vision, vision okay. board. Isn't like one sorry, picture sorry, you put up fault. there and like, this is the house I want. It's a picture of the house. It's more, you know, colors and it's splashes. Color, exactly. There's, and Inspoken. I also want to, I'm looking forward to the color purple. Um, come oh, nice. Just yeah, just because no. PJ, <laughs> I will get there. Okay, Pete, Oprah is just great. In it. Just because your personal vision board is just a picture of Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, doesn't mean that everyone else has to be. That that's simple. that's not true. It's not. You well, don't Pete, know why don't we go over your vision board? What's on your vision board for next week's? Episode? Okay, it's a lot of oranges, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. yellows, sure. very okay. Warm. Yeah, yeah, red. You know, which I feel like meets the theme of the show. Um, I, what I want is I'm very excited about what Justin said. It kind of crushed my vision board because I would love to see some like Magnum PI type of stuff where like vision sliding across the roof of a car, you know what I mean? Stuff like that Mm -hmm. where they're solving crimes together, you know, that would be a lot of fun, but no, I just think that like, I'm really impressed with how they went from episode one to episode two. I feel like they really did a good job of like, you know, being like, it's going to be okay. Stop freaking out. And, uh, uh, and like relaxed into a more uh, palpable kind of like uh, a show. So I'm very excited about it kind of where it's flowing into from here. Um, But I really feel like the kind of side characters, I'm very excited about to see how they're going to add to it. And mustachio all the way. I I mean, that segues nicely into what's on my vision board. The thing that I'm really excited about beyond the main plot, I want to find more about Tayona Paris's character. She's really fascinating. Like we talked about, really an interesting addition to the cast that throws things a little off kilter. So excited to see more of her in episode three, as well as the side characters. I'm just really, I'm always a big fan in comedy of the more they could flesh out the world of the show with random side characters coming back again and again and again. It just makes the overall show stronger. So even though we're focusing on the mysteries, we're focusing on the superpowers, the comic book Easter eggs of it all, if they can continue to make it work as a sitcom, that's very exciting to me. 100%. All right, and that is it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. As mentioned, the show is going to go weekly from here on out, so we'll have one episode going up a week. Uh, that said, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Coming out, we would love to chat with you about WandaVision on YouTube. Uh, comic Book Club, you can subscribe right there at Comic Book Live on Twitter. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, don't lose your marvels. <laughs> <laughs> still trying stuff out. Still trying stuff out. Uh.